Let's pray together. Lord, we come this morning with great joy in our hearts, not because of us, not because of any effort of our own, not because of our strength or anything that we can do, not because we're proud of ourselves or proud that we're even here. We come on the basis of Christ and Christ alone, and we come thankful for your son, Jesus, that through Christ, we have access to the Father by the Spirit. And so we thank you for your immense grace, your immense mercy. And we none of us come this morning as though we are perfect, as though we have everything together. We come, every one of us, if we claim or say or profess that we are Christians, we come clearly saying that we are sinners, but we have a Savior, and our Savior is Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord is our salvation. And so we come this morning not needing more of our own words, not more of our own ways, not more of us, but less of us, and more of you, more of your word, your revelation of yourself. We need you to speak. And when scripture speaks, God speaks, you speak. And so we thank you this morning that we can come and we can gather together in Christ under your word. We come with thankful hearts, even trembling hearts, which is right as you say in Isaiah, this is the one to whom I will look, him who is humble and who trembles at my word. And so we do. We do. And so may you guide us under your word this morning. May you help us, Lord, because each of us need your help. And so we come and I pray even now that we would decide in our this morning as we sit there and we are praying together may we come with open hands this morning if, if they are closed may you by your grace soften and even work that we would just open them and be ready to receive all that your word has to say for us this morning and so we pray that you would help us that we would come not living by our strength but throwing it off and saying we need your strength, we need your grace in everything. And so we come by faith this morning. We come by faith and we come praying by faith that you would, you would work in our brothers and sisters throughout the nations and specifically in Ukraine. That you may strengthen them. You may help our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Give them grace, give them wisdom. And as we may also forget or even not think of, may you also be with our brothers and sisters in Russia and help them, Lord, that they would hold fast to you and stand for your name and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of terrible things. And so we pray for them. We pray for Ukraine that you may give the whole country grace and your strength and wisdom by now and so we look to you and so we pray your hand upon us now as we turn to your word open our eyes that we may see may we receive your word with open hands in jesus name amen well if you would this morning, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the letter to the Galatians. We'll be continuing our study, walking through this letter. We'll be in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26 this morning. So as the sad war between...
between Russia and Ukraine goes on and the terrible atrocities and the dread of war, they continue there. As many of you have likely heard and maybe even seen on social media, maybe you've seen there that in the midst of all those things, there are the believers in Ukraine. And what, what are they doing? Yeah. In the midst of everything else, there they are. And what are they doing? They are praying. They are serving. They are loving. They are giving. They are singing. They are worshiping. They are waiting. And they are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. How could they do that? How could they do that? I mean, how, how could missionaries there say they don't want to leave Ukraine, but they want to they stay there and they want to keep ministering to the believers there and they want to keep preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? I mean, how could they do that? Even more, you know, what, what's behind that? What's behind believers, not only there in Ukraine, but all over the world who are counting it all joy when they meet trials of all kinds? Trials that we in America hardly even can imagine. Having to decide, you know, pressing on in the Christian faith. And if you do that, your family will just throw you out of the house and not just throw you out of the house, but they will even pursue after you to take your life. What's behind that? Believers like that who do that. What's behind someone like David Livingston who in the 1800s after much labor, much suffering, and a life spent for the gospel in Africa, he said, after all of that, he said, I never made a sacrifice. I mean, how do you get there? I mean, what's behind that? I say, walk by the Spirit And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now there we find our answer. And the answer is not ultimately or primarily in the believers in Ukraine. Or the believers throughout the world. Or David Livingston. It is not sufficiency or anything in and of themselves, but it is, it is in their walking by the power of the Spirit of God in Christ. Amen. That's how. Those who know Christ, those who have resigned themselves and their lives to Him, they will look like something. They will look different in the world. And this is where we come to our passage here this morning in Galatians chapter 5 and to the well-known fruits of the Spirit of God. So let's read here then beginning with verse 16. So may the Spirit of God illuminate the reading of His Word this morning. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, You are not 
under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. as we read the whole of this passage from verse 16 to verse 26 here, we obviously see a deep contrast, right? I mean, a night and day sort of contrast here in, in the works of the flesh. They are characterized in Scripture by night, by darkness, by the absence of light. And that's, that's what we are not to be. Now, believers, we're, we're not to be that list there, that whole list of the works of the flesh that is not to typify you. It is not to be your practices, not to be the way that you are walking in. But instead of that, we are to be different. Because the Spirit of God dwells within us. Jesus sent his spirit as he promised. And right now, if you know Jesus Christ, the spirit of God is in you. That means you will be different. And there is to be a distinctiveness about us. We are to be a people not of the night, but a people of the day. We're to be lights in the world. And this is just what Scripture says of us, right? What it says of you and me and us as believers. And so, of course, immediately I'm sure you're thinking of one verse in particular. And so think of that verse and let's even see it here together. Jesus' memorable words where he said, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to who? To you? your Father in heaven. And then Paul also, he writes of this kind of contrast between darkness, light, and Ephesians. He says, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness but not anymore now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and then one more 1 Thessalonians 5.5 For you 
are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So the darkness and night, those are the works of the flesh that we see listed here in these verses. And that is not what we are to be characterized by. That is not to typify Christ's church, but instead we are to be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. We are to be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit. Now, these are plainly in direct kind of contrast here to the works of the flesh. I mean, no doubt, right? Where the works of the flesh are about you and about what you want, about pleasing you, these, the fruit of the Spirit, they are not about you. <laughs> exactly in contrast, one, to they, are, they are oriented, they are aimed at pleasing God, not pleasing yourself. They aim at others' good, and not even primarily your So they are not about you, and these are also not ultimately dependent upon you either. The fruit of the Spirit. Paul is not giving us here just another list for you to keep. So when you're reading this and you're thinking, all right, I need to do these things. I need to have this in me so that God will save me. That is not what Paul is doing here. The whole letter of Galatians has been saying, oh my, no way you do not add anything to Jesus Christ. It is Christ in Christ alone. He is enough. And so this is not another law. It is not kind of another form of self-effort. He has made clear that that is not the Christian life. It is a life that is lived by faith in Christ. He is our life. And so through Him is life. In Him is salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. And so it's not in adding anything to Jesus. It is just Jesus. And so it is that Paul, he says in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so these fruits, they are rooted in God. They are rooted in glorifying and exalting God. And these fruits are not about you, but they are about resounding to the praise of God everywhere you are a light and we are to be lights in the world and so what stands then behind this is god what stands behind all of those people you know in ukraine and all over the world even now i mean why Do they do all of those things? I mean, how, who is behind the doing of all of those things? It is because their tree was planted by God. And now, by the grace of God in Christ, what is that tree doing? Bearing fruit. And it's resounding through the nations. And so it is that we have then the fruit of the Spirit here. And as we look at these, I want to encourage you to examine your life. Not as you're taking this as like a list of rules for you to do, but as we look at each one of these, examine your life, examine your heart, examine even your words, examine how you interact with your spouse, with your children, with your family, with one another here at church, and ask Are these things in me? Are these fruits being borne out in me to greater or lesser degrees? Are they there in me? 
And I want this. I want my life to not be about me. I want it to be about him. I want all of this, this life, at the end of it, on my gravestone, it will not say how great Andrew was, but how great God is. I mean, you can forget about me, and you will, but never ever forget about God. May His name resound. And may that be all of us. And so as we come and look at each one of these, examine your life, examine yourself. And so here we have the first fruit. And as we look at this, not one of these arises and grows apart from the Spirit of God, apart from faith. So don't come to this and think self-effort Instead, by faith, by faith, by faith. And so first, by faith, love. By faith, love. This is the first fruit and is likely the leader even of all of the other fruits. As many others have said, this fruit runs through and is even woven, interwoven into all of the other fruits. I mean, you're not going to abound in these other fruits outside of love, right? I mean, you just look at the list. Can you find any where love would not be part of it? And this is why Paul, you know, he said back in verse 14 of chapter 5, you know, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so love, it, it models Christ, and it is centered upon Christ. And you want to know what love is, you look at Jesus Christ. And so this fruit is about loving God and loving others. You know, as Augustine said, you know, a long time ago, <laughs> love God and do as you please. I mean, why why did he say that? Why would he say that? It's because when you love God, everything else in your life falls into place in its appropriate, rightful position. Then when you love God and you adore him, you treasure him, you see, my goodness, I am deficient. I cannot do this. I cannot do any of these apart from God. I am insufficient for these things. My only hope is found in Christ. And so you see that, and then you look out and you see other people, and you see people made in the image of God, and you see that God loves them also, and how you then are called to not stand back and see them kind of go over a cliff, but you're to go after them. And to love and serve them and care for them. And to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. Now love, it's, it's, not, it's not anything you want it to be though. This kind of love, people, you know, people kind of define love in all variety of ways today. And, and the kind of love that people talk about today is often really, I mean, it's, honestly, it's just not love at all. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a smokescreen so that they can just do what they want to do. It's a smokescreen so they can just manufacture the works of the flesh in bulk. You know, just freedom to live out all of these works that we see as we read just a moment ago. So in the end, I mean, that kind of love is just about pleasing yourself. And that's not love. I mean, you can't, you can't make a square circle, and neither you can you make love, true love, anything that you want it to be. True love is God-centered. It is Christ-defined. It is flesh-crucifying. It is, like John says, you know, less of me, more of you. That's love. 
And it's so ironic, though, you know, as you know, love God and do as you please, as you put God first, these things just abound in you. Joy abounds as you're going through wave after wave, after storm after storm, after trial after trial. Perhaps someone has a gun to your head and you can abound with trust and faith and self-control, joy, patience. All these things abound not because of you, but because of God. And so the first fruit, if we're going to make it through all these, (laughs) there's nine You're like, get moving, pastor. What are you doing? So the first fruit is love, and then second, by faith, joy. And this is gladness in God. Gladness in God. It's a a gladness that stays because it's not from empty works of the flesh, but from the ongoing fruit of the Spirit of God. I mean, this is why... Believers can count them in all joy when they face trials of various kinds. I mean, this is why the psalmist, he says in Psalm 4-7, you have put, you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. So, you could have potentially nothing house, you know, you could live RV, you could not even be anywhere, some believers are doing that right now, and yet, you have put more joy in my heart than they have with their big houses, and all their wealth, and all their food, and all their things, when their wine, their grain and wine abound. In Psalm 1611, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, believer, if you're here and you want joy like this, it is not from you, it is from God, and it is by and through being with God, seeking God, loving God, putting Him as the treasure of your life, of your heart. It is casting out idols. It is giving all your life to Him. And then First Thessalonians, we're called there. It says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so we are sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Why? Because of God. He is not to be in the rear view of our lives, but he's to be in the front. He is to be in the behind. He is to be everywhere. And so the second fruit, joy. The third, by faith, peace. And this is resting in God. We are those that have true rest because Christ is our rest. He is our peace. Over the waves of our judgment, over condemnation and sin, what did Jesus cry out? He said, peace be still. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, in Him alone, you are no longer enemies of God, but you are His children. You are children of promise. And this peace, it isn't alone. It's a peace that we then go and and extend as well to one another. I mean, what is to typify us? It's not... What we see there in those works, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. 
And that, that's not what you're to be known for. I mean, as the world argues over a variety of things, that's not what you are to be about. I mean, you're, you're not to be characterized by those qualities. You're not to use your war, your, your tongue to make war. Because Christ is our peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Are you a peacemaker? We are to be a people of peace. That doesn't mean we don't go and stand and, and stand up for the truth. But we do that in a certain way, don't we? We speak the truth in love. But I think some of us just speak the truth. <laughs> I mean, is that, what, is that what we see here? And so third, by faith, peace. And this leads us then to the fourth fruit. By faith, patience. And that root, patience, is trusting God. Trusting God. It, it's walking with feet of faith upon His Word. It's trusting that He is in control. It's not my circumstances. It's not governments. It's not presidents. It's not your schedule. It is not you. You are not in control of your life. The patience that comes and arises from here is a recognition that God is in control. He is the one I can trust. He is sovereign over everything. And I'm aligning myself with Him. Your life is in His hands. And this is why David, he writes in Psalm 27, 14, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Why? Because you can trust Him. Every time. A hundred percent. I mean, this is why again and again in Scripture, you hear that, right? Wait. <laughs> Wait for the Lord. Wait upon Him. Wait. Why? Because you can trust Him. And this is also why you should pray for patience. I know. I know. You've been told... Oh, don't pray for patience. You don't want to do that. Well, the Lord will give it to you. You know, you know how they say that? Yeah. But let me just ask you, I mean, what are we saying if we don't pray for patience? Do you think you can do that on your own? I mean, my goodness, no. I don't got this, you know. He's got this. We need his help to be patient with one another. I need God's grace to be patient with our children. I mean, how many times, you know, that is tested almost daily, right? I mean, you know it, parents, grandparents. I mean, I need patience. I need his patience to be you know, patient, I need his grace to be patient with my spouse, with Megan. You need his grace to be patient with your spouse. Because you're trusting that God has got this. You don't have to go and change your spouse and, you know, maneuver and, and work and, like, twist and turn them and keep pressing them and pressing them and pressing them until they do what you say. That's not, that's not trusting God. They're, if, if they know Christ, they're, you are not their master. Who is their master? Yeah. So patience. I need his grace to be patient with those I work with. I need grace to be patient as I'm sitting on, you know, on, the, on the turnpike, you know, or on the road, or on the highway. Right? We need his grace. I tell, I tell you, just as I've, you know, Buddy Barnes here, I mean, he's such a, a testimony just of the Lord's work in his life. Every single time I talk to him, I talk to him almost every week, you know, 
He's just waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord through sickness. I mean, he has, he's had cancer and blockages in his heart, hernia, pneumonia. But one thing after another. We need his grace to wade through sickness and suffering and trials. Maybe you're waiting on an answer to prayer. You need his grace. And you wait because you trust him. Your life is in his hands. Remember how we began. Open hands. By faith. So that's the fourth fruit. And then fifth, by faith. Kindness. And this is spirit-empowered consideration and care for others. Now, this isn't about whether people are kind to you. <laughs> this isn't about whether people are worthy of your kindness. I mean, wow, I mean, if you want to find a reason to not be kind, you will find one. <laughs> but that's not what this is about. I mean, we are to show kindness as God has shown kindness to who? To us. And how did he show kindness to us? We are told in Romans that it was God's kindness that led led us and leads us to repentance. And how worthy are you? How worthy am I? Not at all. So it's not about anyone's worthiness of kindness. They may harass you and make fun of you and be your enemy. But you're kind. They slap you on one cheek, you turn the other, right? As Jesus said. Go one mile, I'll go two. (laughs) So by faith, kindness. And then sixth, by faith, goodness. This is zealously doing good. God is good. And He has been good to us. And so we are to be good to others every single day you wake up God is being good to you every breath in your lungs every time you go oh the goodness of God every time you have dinner on your table every time that check comes in it's not from you it's not because ultimately you worked real hard it's because of God and his goodness towards you We just, every, every second we're experiencing His goodness. Well, that's the way you are to be. That's how you are to be good. We are to be good. We are to be the good Samaritan throughout the world. And so there you are, perhaps. You find someone in need. You find someone maybe like the good Samaritan who's been beaten, robbed, and left for dead. And what do you do? Will you do what the saints have done throughout all of history? And you go, regardless of what you have or anything else, you go, you scoop them up, you help them, you speak for the helpless, you fight for the unborn, you give to the poor, you give to those in need, and you lay down your life for others. You declare the good news to them because this is not your doing. It is a doing by faith in God. That's why we do that. That's how we can do that. Seventh. Seventh fruit. By faith, faithfulness. This is an abiding trustworthiness. An abiding trustworthiness. God's faithfulness towards you is indicative of the kind of faithfulness you and I are to walk in. Wow. (laughs) Is that a lot? (laughs) I mean, it's just as we sang a moment ago, great is thy faithfulness. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fell not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. He keeps his word. And we are to keep our word as well. 
That means simply you're trusting God with your life. You're saying, when I commit to something, I'm going to do it like God commits to his promises, and he does it. Eighth, by faith, gentleness. This is an interwoven tenderness, an interwoven tenderness. Now, sadly, you know, so often we think that gentleness is just the opposite of strength. You know, when I first became a believer, I thought, you know, it was just direct. That was, I know how to speak the truth, you know. But, but as I've grown, the Lord's grown me, I've just, I found that that, that's not, a, that's not an example. That's not actually walking in, in strength. That's walking in laziness even. I mean, that's just, just wrong. Friends, gentleness, gentleness is something that displays this is not you doing it. This is not from your own doing. Let me tell you, it is easy, isn't it, to be harsh with someone. It is easy to just tell them like it is. It is easy to be brash. It is easy to be severe. It is easy to be forceful. It is easy to be mean to people. Now, is it easy to be gentle with someone? I mean, how many people do you know that are known for their gentleness? In our day, <laughs> probably not very many. It's not easy. It requires you to do something. It requires you not to just say, I'm going to blast that person. Even if it's Speaking the truth, remember, speak the truth in love. It requires you to look away from yourself to see that this is not about you. It's to to see that God's the one that's going to help me do this, and I'm going to look to him by faith, even though I want to just blast that person, you know. I'm going to trust God, deny myself, and I'm going to love them just as he loved me. So ask yourself, is there a tenderness about you? Is there an approachableness to you? Or do people just know you got to stay away from that person? So that's the eighth fruit. And then ninth, by faith, self-control. This is believing God's word is better than whatever your emotions at the moment might be promising. Emotions, and hear me here, they are not to be your God. They are not telling you the truth. I mean, the heart is more deceitful than all else. So if you're relying on your emotions, I mean, what do you think you're going to get? <laughs> they are not the word of God. They are not to be our God. They are not to be the truth. Instead, the word of God, what does it do? It lays our emotions and our hearts bare. It discerns the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. And so as emotions and waves of emotion roll over you as you're talking with your children, talking to your spouse or talking to an unbeliever or talking to your coworker or responding to someone on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you are, or writing a letter or email or whatever you are doing. You're to walk on with faith, with feet of faith in God's word that it is better it is true and it is best rather than <laughs> lust isn't better. Desire isn't better. Jealousy is not better. Anger is not better. His word is better. So whatever lie the work of the flesh is telling you at that moment, you say, no, no, I believe God's word. And I'm going to walk by faith, my feet upon it, not you, heart, not you, emotions. 
but upon the Word of God that calls me to self-control, calls me to gentleness, calls me to kindness, calls me to patience, calls me to love. So there, and these are the nine fruits of the Spirit of God. And so consider these with eyes of faith this morning. Ask yourself, are you walking in these qualities? This might mean that when you go home today or whatever you're going to do, later today perhaps, you might just simply need to just sit down and open your Bibles up and pray over each of these fruits and just ask God to grow these in you. Amen. Lord, help me. Christ is my life and my hope. And I want to be these. I want to be these. Which leads us then to verses 24 through 26. And your call to die to self. Your call to die to self. The cross, it has done something to us. As pastor and theologian, and I would even say martyr, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he, he said it so well. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Well, that's us. As believers, we die daily. When you woke up this morning, you woke up to die. <laughs> You woke up to take up the cross, deny yourself, and follow him. And so your charge then is to yield and to keep in step with the Spirit of God. As Paul, he says here, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so by faith, take it up and be changed, and be being changed by the Spirit of God this morning. And how do we do that? We yield to the Spirit of God. We submit to God. You fix your eyes on Jesus. You give yourself wholly over to Him and to the Christ-centered life. And what will the Spirit of God do when you say, I just want to glorify you in this moment. I just want to glorify you with this life. What will the Spirit of God do when you say that? He will answer you. And He will grow and He will change you because His aim is the exaltation, the magnification, and the glorification of Jesus Christ. And so when you say with your life, with your emotions, with your words, I want to glorify you with these things. God will answer that prayer. Is this not exactly what Jesus said the Spirit was about? What did he say in John 16? He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it. To you. This is how believers in Ukraine bear this fruit. This is how believers throughout the world bear this fruit. This is how David Livingston can come and say near the end of his life, I never made a sacrifice because Jesus did it. Because Jesus is their life. Because they said, my life belongs to him. And whatever direction you take it, I want it to be aimed at your glory. Is that where you're aiming your life this morning? So, by faith, yield to the Spirit and let Christ and his cross abound in your life. Let's pray.
Father, we come before you on the basis of Jesus Christ and by your Spirit in us. We come and we ask that, and I pray every one of us here this morning would just make that their prayer. That they would say, here I am, here's my life. May it be lived for your glory. May you glorify your name. Because these fruits are not about me. They're not about my glory. They're about me walking in these so I can gain position. I can gain success. I can gain notoriety. I can gain anything in this world aside from that your name be glorified. And we pray together this morning that you would do that in us. And we pray together that if there's anyone here this morning who does not know you, who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ, that they would right now see that where they don't have peace, they don't have love, they've been going around, even as Titus says, hated and hating one another. May they see that, that they can find life this morning through Christ who is the light of the world, who is the bread of life, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And so may they find life through him and by faith trust in Christ this morning. And so help us as we respond and may we just indeed surrender all to you and give you all whether that means for sanctification or salvation, may you do your work in us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.